Welcome to Bobby Osinski's Inner Circle. I'm Bobby Osinski, and this is a show all about music, music production, and the music business. Today I'm going to go out on a limb and give you some predictions about what to expect for the music business and audio production in 2024. But let's start by looking at how my predictions from last year worked out first. I predicted that TikTok would be banned in the U.S., and that was based on the fact that some colleges were already banning it on campus and the U.S. government wouldn't allow it on government phones, and all the studies that pointed to the fact that teenagers were being easily influenced by what was going on at TikTok with the negative effect. There were a few states that tried to do that, and in fact, the law was overturned, so that didn't happen. Actually, much of that furor died down in 2023, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that TikTok use somewhat plateaued, and in fact, still being used quite a lot, still influential, but it doesn't have quite the impact that it had a few years ago. That was my second prediction, that TikTok usage in downloads peaked, and in fact, that was true. It was found that TikTok is actually down 60% from its peak. What was the platform that seemed to actually do better at TikTok's expense? Well, it was YouTube. YouTube is still influential. YouTube is still highly watched more than ever, and it's still going strong while TikTok is somewhat plateaued. I predicted that there would be a new social network, and in fact, that did happen. After X, formerly known as Twitter, imploded, Facebook rushed out a new social network called Threads. And in the first week, immediately got 100 million users. But they found out that Threads was half-baked. It was rushed out before it was ready, and as a result, the platform lost most of those users. Today, even though Threads is slowly but surely bringing out some of the features that everybody wanted, it may be too little too late, as when the iron was hot and Facebook tried to strike with Threads, in the long run, it hasn't worked out. I predicted that artists would spend less time on social media, and this was due to a big backlash in 2022. That's somewhat happening. Everyone is backing off to a degree because they're figuring out that to do it the way everyone said you should, to keep engagement up, to keep an audience at the level that you want, it requires a lot of work. And it's more work than many artists want to put in because, in fact, they want to create. And... To many artists, being on a social platform is not all that creative. So that prediction somewhat worked out, although it wasn't like artists slashed all their time on social media because that didn't happen, but they did back off a little bit. I predicted that consumers would tire of social media and look for more entertainment. In fact, that's what happened. There's a lot of evidence that people are retreating from social media and retreating especially from platforms that just kind of foment social unrest. In fact, everyone is looking for more entertainment. They're getting that from YouTube and to some degree from TikTok. I predicted that the attention economy has peaked. And what that means is that we're pretty much occupied our whole day and there's not much time left in order to spend on social media or any other platform. So the prediction went on to say that People would shed their streaming platforms and subscriptions because they just wanted some of their time back. That did start to happen to some degree. Again, this wasn't one of those things that was really dramatic. It was something that did happen gradually and will probably happen more in the coming year. I predicted that consumers would not shed their music subscriptions. And in fact, they didn't. 
there are many consumers that have several music streaming subscriptions and several movie and video streaming subscriptions. Much of this is because of what they call the lipstick effect. And what that means is an affordable luxury. When you can't afford to go out and buy a new car or take a trip, you can afford another streaming network. And because of that, people are looking at, well, I have two or three streaming subscriptions and that makes me feel good. And it makes me feel as if I'm spending more money than I actually have. So that one worked out. I predicted that Spotify would finally launch their hi-fi tier. It was promised for years and we thought it was going to happen because Spotify actually officially announced it and they announced the tier would be called Super Premium. Well, here we are, we're still waiting and it still has not been launched. So I was way off in that one. I predicted that a few of the major music streamers would ask artists to actually pay to keep their songs online if they didn't get a certain number of streams. Well, that didn't happen, but what did happen was Spotify came out and basically said, if a song of yours does not get at least a thousand streams, then what's going to happen is we're not going to pay you on anything less than a thousand. So that's a small baby step towards what's going to happen eventually, I think, and that's that if your songs just are not getting any action, they're going to be removed. I predicted that the term catalog music would be redefined. Now, what a catalog song or a catalog album is, is anything that's older than 18 months. So a track from two years ago is what they call catalog. At one point in time, way back in the final record and CD days, that kind of made sense. It doesn't any longer, and we should take those designations away. That has not happened, even though there was a lot of talk about it. So I missed on that one. I predicted that streaming prices would go up. And in fact, that's what happened. We had Spotify and YouTube Music actually raise their prices. So that did happen. The other streaming services did not follow, but I think it's a matter of time. I predicted that bridges would return to songs. The song form for the last hmm, five, six, seven years was way shorter. And basically there were no intros, outros, solos of any kind, and bridges. And a bridge used to be the peak of a song, but it was eliminated or replaced, really, with a breakdown. Sometimes you would have a verse that would be twisted and tweaked in a way that it would act as a bridge, but not the same thing. In fact, we've seen that bridges are returning to songs, so I was right on that one. One of the reasons why is it does keep the interest up. And we're finding even young songwriters who did not want to write bridges, like I say, a few years ago, now are really into it. So I think that's a trend, and it's a good trend that's going to continue. I predicted that fake artists would continue to be a problem on the streaming services. And in fact, that did continue to happen, but it was downplayed somewhat by the fact that scammers have come up with different ways to scam. And if you listen to my recap last episode, then you know that, in fact, there are numerous ways that scammers are trying to not only scam Spotify, Apple Music, whatever music streamer, but also artists as well. And to some degree, they're getting away with it, except now that everyone is aware of it, they're taking actions to stop it. So I was partially right on this one. I predicted that music residencies, kind of like the one that Billy Joel has at Madison Square Garden, would continue to grow. That happened, but not quite to the degree that I thought it would. 
Las Vegas is a place where all of a sudden we're seeing streaming residencies. Dell had one. And of course, the new sphere in Las Vegas is a big draw. And, and we you two there for a few months and are still there. And in fact, we have fish coming in. And reportedly, there are lots of other big acts that are lining up to appear at the sphere. We're going to see more of this. And one of the reasons why is the fact that it's easier on the artist because you only have to do one setup. You don't have to travel. And that's the thing that artists hate. Artists love performing, they hate traveling, and with the residency, you don't have to do that. I predicted the increasing importance of music and TV and film, and that's kind of a no-brainer because, of course, that's going to happen. But the fact of the matter is, things had changed thanks to the Hollywood strikes last year, and what that pointed out was that video streamers, like Netflix, for instance, were not really making a lot of money. And as a result, we're going to see fewer and fewer shows on these platforms, which will mean less opportunity for composers and for artists trying to get their songs synced in the future. One of the things that artists hate is figuring out what metadata should go with their song. That's super important because besides the obvious things like artist name, title of the song, publisher, things like that, some critical data that sometimes you just can't come up with yourself is the mood of the song and the genre of the song. So I predicted that machine learning and AI would actually help musicians with this, and it's happened. There are a few AIs out there that will do this for you. So they'll analyze your music, and then they'll determine what the genre is, just making it a whole lot easier for you. And speaking of genres, I predicted that the end of genres would happen. This didn't happen yet, but it's going to. One of the reasons why is Spotify has 4,200 genres, which is way too many for anybody, whether you're a consumer or an artist just trying to figure out where you should go, what slot you should go. The trend that we're seeing is instead of genres, we're seeing moods because people are more into what the vibe is, what the mood of the song is, so it fits their particular mood, or is opposite their mood, so they can pull you out of something maybe that's sad, and you would rather be happy. So this is one thing that we're starting to see where genres are ending in favor of moods, although it didn't happen to the degree that I thought it would last year. I predicted that music NFTs would be forgotten. Yeah, I scored big on this one because they were. No one talks about NFTs anymore, not only for music, but for anything else. That's probably a good thing because it was proven that there was more scam to it than there was actual revenue source. I predicted that the album would continue to decline in importance, and that happened to a degree, but it did come back towards the end of the year. One of the things that artists don't like is the album cycle, where you have to do one every year, every two years, whatever it might be, and artists just don't like that. But now they're seeing that consumers, in some cases, really do like albums. So we're starting to see that coming back. So I was off on that one. I predicted that labels would be more like venture capitalists for artists. And it's true. To some degree, labels are acting more as a bank than they are as a traditional label. So what does that mean? Well, a label used to not only give you money to help you record or to help you on a tour, they would also give you marketing. They would also give you career advice. They would also give you promotion. And they were there to help you develop as an artist. Well, hardly any of that happens anymore. And 
especially on a lower level if you're a baby artist, as they would call it. So now we're finding that labels will give you money after you reach a certain level of engagement with an audience that you already have. That kind of means you don't need them anymore. And speaking of labels, I predicted that there would be a new one that would specialize in artist development and it would clean up. Well, wishful thinking because it didn't happen. I think it still can, but I missed on that prediction. I predicted that the original fan community concept, which is artist fan clubs, would shift from physical mailing lists to an online messaging platform like Telegram or Discord. That really didn't happen. In fact, we're seeing the email lists are coming back stronger than ever, and there are many new services that are using AI to help you build that up. In fact, there are many users that don't like to use Telegram or Discord or any of those messaging services and find them to be somewhat clunky. So that hasn't happened yet, and having an email list is very important for your audience health. I predicted that there would be more roll-ups in the audio business. What we saw the year before, 2022, is Audio Tonics had bought Slate, Sonex had bought Fo Focusrite, Isotope, and Plugin Alliance became part of Native Instruments. But that continued this year. Moog, for instance, was bought by Nmusic. Harrison and Sonable was bought by Audio Tonics. Bandcamp, BMG, BMI, all acquired by either larger companies or by private equity companies. So this is something that actually accelerated this year, and it probably will next year, too. I predicted that Atmos Music would dry up. Well, it didn't. But what did dry up was the hype. Last year at this time, all anybody could talk about was Atmos Music. And in fact, there are studios that were being built left and right to accommodate Atmos Mixing. Well, that's still happening to some degree, but there are fewer and fewer Atmos opportunities. None of this is driven by record labels, by the way. It's all driven by the streaming companies. So, for instance, Apple Music really, really wants to have immersive music. What's the reason? Well, they want to sell hardware, and the latest hardware that's going to come out pretty soon is the Apple Vision headset. So that's going to be immersive right from the start, and they want to have as much product as they can that will help facilitate people wanting to buy it. Now, the downside of this is there's not much money to be made in mixing Atmos music, and record labels are not paying a lot, and there's a lot of great mixers that want to do this and are basically saying, oh, not enough money that you're giving me, and certainly not enough money to make me want to go out and put an Atmos room in. So this isn't something that consumers are asking for. So I don't know that it dried up as much as maybe it was never a thing in the first place. I predicted there was going to be a lot more AI music. And in fact, that did happen. I also predicted there would be inroads on AI copyright. And that happened as well as one of the things that was determined for sure by the copyright board and by numerous court cases was the fact that Anything that's 100% AI generated cannot be copyrighted. Now, it needs a human, but one thing that wasn't determined is how much of a human's hand must be involved. So that's still ongoing, and there's still many other questions. But we are starting to get to the point where we're understanding what is copyrightable and what isn't when it comes to AI. I predicted that there was going to be more AR and VR music, and we're seeing that already. We're seeing it a lot with holographic concerts, which is not quite the same thing, but I think it's at the forefront of what we're going to see eventually. 
This year we had holographic concerts from Ronnie Dio, from Whitney Houston, from Amy Winehouse. ABBA, of course, was a really big draw. And supposedly the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin are also talking about having tours that are going to be just holographic representations of them. So this is something that's a real thing and it's going to continue. I also predicted that AI plugins were going to make more bedroom hit makers. And that didn't happen because AI is much more sophisticated than anybody thinks. It's not as easy as just typing in a text prompt and getting hit song out. It really takes a lot more expertise. The more you know about music, the easier it is to make this happen. So AI plugins and AI services and AI platforms have made music making easier, but it hasn't made good music making easier. I'm going to get to my predictions for 2024 after this. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to questions at bobbyosinski.com. Also, I'm pleased to announce that my new Musicians AI Handbook is now available. It's packed with information about how AI can help you with new song, lyric, mixing, and mastering ideas, as well as music marketing to help you get your music out to the audience that you deserve. To get your copy, go to rebrand.ly forward slash AI Handbook. That's rebrand.ly forward slash AI Handbook. You can also find it on Amazon and Apple Books. So my predictions for 2024. The first thing is that AI tools will become much more transparent. Anything that says AI right now is part of the hype cycle and manufacturers and plugin developers and just developers in general are adding AI because that's hot. We're seeing venture capitalists now. They're throwing lots of money at companies just because they have some sort of AI involved. I have a friend that's putting together a company that's pitching to VCs and it has nothing to do with AI, but he's being told, if you do something with AI, we'll give you the money, we'll fund you, otherwise no. So it just goes to show you that this year has all been about AI. 2024 will be different because now the AI hype is going to go away. What we're going to find is that AI is going to be there, but it's going to be unnoticed. In fact, it's going to be called something different, maybe an assistant, co-pilot, or maybe a companion, but it's going to do basically the same thing as an AI platform does or an AI assistant does, only you won't know it's there, or at least it won't be apparent that it's there. 2024 is going to be the year that label A&R is going to end being data-driven. What does that mean? The last four, five, six years, A&R has not done the job that they usually do, which is go out and find new talent. Well, they're finding new talent, but what they're doing is looking at numbers in order to do it. So they're looking at what your streaming numbers are, what your social numbers are, what your TikTok views or what your YouTube views are, and basing everything around that. And what they found is artists that maybe had one hit but have no sustaining career. As a result, we're finding that A&R execs now are going back to what they used to do, and that's pounding the street, looking for bands and artists that are playing live, that have a big audience, a line down the block. That means a whole lot more than having just a lot of views or a lot of streams online. Speaking of AI, we're going to find that AI is the latest boom in the tech bubble. 
every 10 years or so, there is a tech bubble and it's based on something new. And we thought that the latest new technology was going to be Web3. You've heard of that, of course. And AR and VR. And none of those have panned the way anyone thought. AI probably got more hype than any of those in anything in the last 20 years. But we're in a boom period and that tech bubble is going to burst. And like I said before, it's not going to go away. It's just not going to be apparent anymore. Now that's going to lead to AI companies that will consolidate. So right now there's a lot of services, a lot of platforms that do the same thing. For instance, if you want audio separation, there's probably a dozen platforms that will do that. If you want uh, text to video, if you want anything that's AI generated, there are dozens of platforms that will get it done. Just like many things that we see in the audio business where we're doing the same thing. It's the same equalizer, for instance. The difference is how it's done. The difference is the user interface. And that's what's happening as well with AI. So what we're going to see is a lot of these platforms, a lot of these services consolidate. But the good thing is there'll be fewer platforms, but they'll all have more features. One of the things that people really haven't realized is that AI is not about being smart as much as it's being about cheap because almost everything in AI is rather inexpensive compared to the alternative. Anything that's strictly AI is really the low-end offering in just about every category. One of the things that we're going to see in 2024 is that artists are going to change the revenue model to personal subscriptions. What does that mean? We've seen this in the past in various incarnations, but I think we're going to see it even more so in 2024 in that now in order to be part of a fan club, you're going to have to pay. To some degree, we're already seeing this with Taylor Swift and we're seeing this with the BTS Army, but we're going to see it on every level of artist. And the good thing is it's another revenue source and it's probably a steady and a better revenue source than just about anything else except for going out and playing live. And speaking of fans and fan clubs, we've seen that the Swifties and the BTS army are really, really fanatical. And on the cutting edge of fanatical, this is a good thing. It doesn't seem like it, especially if you're outside of that particular fan club, but it's a good thing for artists. And I think we're going to see more of this coming up. Now, speaking of fanatics, one of the things that we'll see is that concert etiquette is going to get worse in 2024. So right now it's pretty bad with fans throwing things on stage and there's all sorts of different bizarre things that are being thrown on stage at artists. I don't know why. I don't know if there's been a study that's figured this out yet. I'll let you know when there is one, but I think this will get worse before it gets better. Another thing that's going to get worse is artist discovery because what we're finding is the algorithms, now they're not working as much, mostly because people are discovering things different ways. One of the ways is through mood. They're looking more for something that will help them with their mood, either enhance their mood or get them out of a mood. And that means more than suggesting an artist that sounds like another artist. We found that only 30% of these suggestion algorithms are ever being taken seriously. So you'll find that this coming year, there's going to be a, somewhat of a pushback on that. And as an offshoot of that, another prediction for 2024 is that music is finally going to move away from genres to moods. And the reason is there's just so many genres and subgenres that nobody can keep up and nobody can possibly be classified 
just in one of them. So we're going to see that move away and move mostly into moods, which is kind of interesting to see how an artist would be assigned a mood, a general mood. Are you a moody artist? Do you make moody music? Do you make sad music? Do you make happy music? Whatever the case, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Up until now, as far as an artist is concerned, everything is about consuming their music. It's always been about consumption. How many records did you sell? How many streams do you have? How many YouTube views or TikTok views do you have? That is going to turn around. It's going to start in 2024, where it's going to be more about engagement. How do you engage these fans? Because engagement will mean more than just merely consuming. You can consume things and then disappear and never become a fan. That's not what any artist wants. An artist wants a fan that's always going to be there. An artist wants a fan that's going to be there for life, the lifetime of the artist. So now we're going to see the change from consumption to engagement. One of the things I mentioned before is all about artist discovery. And what we've found is that 20 to 30% of music listening comes from playlists. So we're going to see playlists and recommendation algorithms become passe in 2024. So playlists will no longer be the big thing. And to some degree, they're not now because people found out that an algorithm constructing a playlist is not nearly as persuasive as a human doing it. And even so, uh, most humans are not capable of swaying the taste of a large audience. One of the things that we will see, and I predicted it last year, didn't quite happen, it will this year, is that frontline and catalog music is going to be merged. So, like I said, frontline is anything that's between now, that's brand new, to 18 months old. Anything beyond 18 months old is called catalog music. There's no reason to have these designations anymore. It made sense back in the physical product days. doesn't make sense now. We're going to see this go away. There will be no distinction between frontline and catalog. I think that's a good thing. That's going to be healthy. One of the bad things that's going to happen in 2024 is there's going to be less sync work for composers and for artists that try to get their music on television or films. One of the reasons for this is the fact that video streamers like Netflix are going to be producing far less shows than they have in the past. There was a gold rush in Hollywood for streamers, and one of the things that they wanted to do is capture subscribers. Well, everybody had the same programming for quite a while, and the only way to differentiate yourself is to have new original programming that you can only get on that platform. And now what these streamers have found is that they have more misses than hits. And it's costing them a lot of money doing so. So we're going to see there's going to be less production in the future. And that means less opportunity for artists, for bands, for composers to get sync revenue. The second part to this is we're going to see AI decimate a part of sync music. And that's what they call production music. Production music is background music behind a video. This could be on YouTube. It could be a commercial, although usually that's not the case. It could be anything that has music behind the visual. And in most cases, you don't want that music to be noticeable. You just want it to be there to help the story along. On a big budget television show, a big budget movie, of course, they always use original compositions. But on very small budgets, especially on cable television shows, for instance, they're going to use what they call library music. So they go to a library of music that's already been written and they'll pull from that. And one of the things that AI is good at is doing that type of music. 
So we're going to start to see AI seep into this, and it's going to take revenue opportunities away from composers that specialized in this particular area. Now, speaking of AI, we're going to see that there's going to be two types of workers from now on, and this is two types of musicians as well. The ones that know AI and the ones that don't. It's been found already that those who do embrace AI, the quality and speed of work improves. They spend less time making decisions, less time prepping for them. They're generally less stressed and happier at work. Those who resist using AI found that their quality and speed of work stagnates to some degree. And they spend a lot of time on drudge work, things that you don't want to do and you do because it's part of the process. That AI can take over very nicely. So we're going to see very soon, it's going to boil down to either those that know how to use AI and those that don't. AI is not going to take your job, but somebody that knows how to use it probably will. Here's a bold prediction, but music publishers are going to have less influence coming in 2024. And that's because composers and songwriters are going to realize that they're not needed as much. Once upon a time, a music publisher is important because they would actually help you go out and get sync opportunities or they'd help you get opportunities to place a song. It's happening less and less these days. So songwriters and bands and artists are beginning to say, why do I pay a good portion of my publishing money to a publisher that really isn't doing that much? So now we're going to start to see artists, songwriters, composers rely on publishers less and less as we go forward. Here's a big one that's sort of outside the box. You've all heard of Ozempic, which is a weight loss drug. It's actually part of a series. It's called GLP-1. And what will happen is this will have a really big impact on society. The reason why is, especially in America, where there's so many obese people, Ozempic, especially if it begins to become fairly widespread, will help these people to better health. And as a result, they won't be eating fast food as much. That's going to really hurt the economy in certain ways. They're going to be exercising more. They're going to be more active than they have been in the past. All these things are going to have a big impact on our economy. And as a result, will have a big impact on music. There'll be more money for music because it won't be spent on other things. Health-related, for instance, because people will be healthier. Food-related because they won't be eating as much. So Ozempic and the GLP-1 family of drugs may seem like just another drug. But in fact, it may have a big impact on our society and our economy. We're going to see the beginnings of that in 2024. I predict that music production technology is finally going to break outside the box. We've been seeing glimpses of this over the last few years, but we're still seeing people trying to make another 1176, trying to make the saturation of an SSL console in a plug-in. But I think We've seen the end of this, and now we're going outside the box. We're finally going to get some new ideas on how to use all of these products and plugins, just some new outside-the-box plugins that don't rely on the old analog days or don't even think about the old analog days. That's a good thing for music production. The other thing we'll see is there'll be more AI audio developers. Right now, there are not many, believe it or not. There are a handful of developers, software developers, plugin developers that use AI, but not as many as you think. 
That being said, AI is now easier to use. It's easier to construct. It's easier to train. It's going to get easier in the future. So we're going to see more plugins that are using this. Now, again, this might not be apparent because they won't say it's AI driven, just as Isotope never really says that, even though they've been using it for years. These are going to be in the form of assistance. These are going to be in the form of companions or co-pilots. But AI is going to be there in more and more audio products as we go forward. That being said, one of the things I would look at is a new type of digital audio workstation. And in fact, we already see them. They're called GAWS, G-A-W, Generative Audio Workstations, where the AI is built in. So that is going to take the place of many AI plugins because it's built right into the workstation. You won't have to worry so much about EQing. You won't have to worry about getting a perfect sound, noise reduction, things like that. It's going to be there for you. 2024 is finally going to be the year of lossless streaming audio. Yeah, we've sort of had it for a few years with Tidal. We've had it with Amazon Music to some degree and Apple Music, but soon it is going to be the standard, and I think 2024 is the year that it finally starts. It's going to start with Spotify finally coming out with their premium tier, whatever it's going to be called. They say super premium, but who knows? That being said, once Spotify drops, we'll be living in a much better audio world with high-resolution streaming audio. One of the good things for most musicians and a bad thing for a small class of audio engineers is that AI mastering is going to get so good that we won't need mastering engineers unless it's a really high-end project. Already AI mastering, either in the box using one of many plugins or one of the many online services, is so good that it approaches what a mastering engineer can do. Now, it can't beat it, but it can get so close that you might not know the difference. You have to know how to do it right now. And in fact, unless you know some of the tricks, it's not going to get to that point. But soon, you won't even need to know the tricks in order to do it, or the tricks will be so widespread that everybody knows them and it's no longer an issue. But we're going to see traditional mastering fall by the wayside as AI mastering takes over. I predicted last year that Atmos Music is going to dry up, and that looks like it might happen. And one of the reasons why is now we have a new entry into this. There's already Sony 360, which is a very nice platform, but it doesn't have as many outlets. But now we're seeing Samsung and Google team up for something brand new in immersive audio, and that will be a disruptor when it comes to Atmos. So Atmos may still be the standard when it comes to film, but when it comes to immersive music in the home, Atmos may not be the way it ends up going. So look for this to be a year of disruption for immersive audio. The same thing is going to happen with immersive video. As we see Apple Vision finally be introduced, February, March is when they're saying, but that will disrupt everything on the video side as well. So now that will fulfill the promise that VR and AR had, because now it's a combination basically, but it's being done in a more intelligent way. And I think you'll see that Apple Vision Pro finally captures the promise of what AR and VR told us would happen. The last few years have been really big for acquisitions of smaller companies by bigger audio companies. We've seen this in the audio and MI business. 
And that's going to continue. There's a couple of reasons for this. A lot of familiar brands are still owned by the founders, but the founders are retiring and they want a way out, but yet they want the brand to live on. So we're going to see more tech conglomerates that acquire these brands. The other reason why this usually happens is because the company is distressed. It's not making as much money and still there's a good brand there. So now we're going to see more of that happening. The distress is happening over the fact that we're in a post-pandemic world. For a few years, everyone was riding high because of the pandemic and because everyone was locked in. So we found that anything music related was actually being sold by the crateful. And now those crates are sitting on the shelf and we have companies that are distressed as a result. More and more of those are going to be acquired in the next year. When it comes to songs, traditional song forms are going to return and songs will get longer. We may even see solos coming back. But for now, we're going to see bridges for sure and longer intros and outros. That's going to be a good thing, I think, for the music business in general. I predict that in 2024, we're going to see a breakthrough in microphone technology, finally. The technology that we use has evolved over the last 120 years or so, but it's pretty much the same. Yeah, we tried other things. We've tried lasers. We've tried flames of all things. We've tried all sorts of different ways in order to capture a sound. I predict 2024, we're going to find a brand new way that's going to be a revolution, not only in capturing sound, but reproducing it as well. And finally, there's a lot about AI that we can like or dislike, but one of the things that AI and artificial reality, AR, is going to do is transform music education. It will be easier for people to learn music and it will be easier for them to get better faster. This can only be good for the music business in general. And I think we'll see that AI is going to be adapted and as a result, AR too, because that's going to be part of it, that will be adapted into music education in a big way 2024. So these are my predictions. Come back this time next year and we'll look to see how close I got with them. My predictions for last year were actually pretty good, pretty right on for the most part. I think it was more in the 70% bracket. We'll see if some of these bolder predictions actually make it in this coming year. But anyway, 2024 is going to be a good year to look forward to. And hopefully we'll all get there very happy and very prosperous together. Thanks for listening and being in my inner circle. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, you can send them to questions at bobbyosinski.com. You can also learn all about the latest in music, audio, and production news when you sign up for my newsletter at bobbyosinski.com. There you'll also find out about openings for my latest online classes and special events. That's bobbyosinski.com. To listen to other episodes of Bobby Osinski's Inner Circle, go to bobbyosinski.com and select the podcast tab, or go to bobbyowinnercircle.com, where you can find an Apple Podcasts, Apple Music, Mixcloud, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, TuneIn Radio, Radio Public, and Podbean. At bobbyosinski.com and bobbyowinnercircle.com, you'll also find a sign-up form for my newsletter and for alerts for new podcasts. This is Bobby Osinski. I will see you next time.